So all of Jesus' parables are like my favorite parts of Scripture, as you know. And this one, again, is one of those that has taken about 20 years to even begin to sort of start having epiphanies about it. And I don't think I'm done with it yet. But we're going to give it a shot today as far as trying to at least take us back and understand maybe what Jesus followers heard and then what we need to hear today. This is Matthew chapter 20, beginning with the first verse. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he came out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever's right. So they went. And when he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. And when those hired at about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first wage came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last workers worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or are you envious? Because I am generous. So friends, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This um, parable has a lot to do with rules. So I started thinking about different rules. See if you recognize some of these. After hitting the ball, the runner should run from home to first. If he or she runs home to third, they will be declared out for running out of the baseline. When there are less than two outs, a runner is on first or second, and second or third bases, and a fly ball is hit in the infield, the umpire shall declare, infield fly, and it will be an automatic out. These are the rules, of course, of baseball. And if you don't understand the infield fly rule, that's okay. At the start of the game, there's a coin toss to see which team gets the ball first. The team that has the ball is the offense, the other team is the defense. The offense has four plays or downs to cover 10 yards or more. A play ends when the player with the ball is either stopped or goes out of bounds or if the ball is thrown and missed, which is called an incomplete pass. At an incomplete pass, the referee will run over to the receiver, waving his arms wildly, letting him know just how miserably he failed. <laughs> These are, of course, the rules of football. Drive on the right side of the road. When you see a stop sign or red light, you may turn right on red after stop. If you're driving at a constant speed and someone pulls out in front of you causing you to decelerate, you may choose to accuse them of being the male offspring of a female canine. <laughs> These are the rules of driving. 
On the internet, I found out there are rules for everything. There's a rule for a formal dinner. When you sit down, immediately take your napkin and put it on your lap. Don't tuck it into your shirt or belt or shake it out to unfold it. Just lay it on your lap. If you don't know the people seated to either side of you, introduce yourself. And depending on how big the table is, you shall also nod and say hello to any other people in your vicinity. As everyone, mothers always says, it's important. It's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. And don't toss your tie over your shoulder to keep from dribbling on it. If you need to blow your nose, a quick wipe in an emergency is okay, but true nose honking should be reserved for the restroom. There's also rules for red wine and white wine. Does anybody know that? If you, you hold the red wine glass by the bowl and white wine by the stem, do you know why? You don't want the, the white wine to get warm. Who knew? <laughs> My people never left it in the glass that long, so it really didn't. <laughs> didn't understand that at all. So here we have work rules, and work rules are like this. Harder you work, more you get paid. Jobs are jobs that are paid by the hour. These guys are coming looking for a job. They work a certain number of hours. Now, there was an agreement at the beginning of the day. This is what the, the daily wage is. Are you willing to work for that? Yes, we need work. Now, this location in the center of town, these are itinerant workers. They go there every day looking for work as needed. You didn't have salary jobs. You went, if there was work, you got hired. And if you didn't go out with that group, you stayed and waited. And depending on how hungry you are or how much shame is in your household, if you go home without money, you stay hoping that you can make something. And so the guy hired at 8 makes more than the guy hired at noon. And if you're at 5 o'clock and you're still waiting, then you either really don't want to go home or you really need something for your family to eat. It's important that we understand that. This is a daily bread job. Now, the work rules that we know about show up in things like Boy Scouts. The harder you work, the more you get. So if you move through the ranks, you get tenderfoot, second class, first class, star life. So the harder working kids get to have a higher status. And status is part of the problem here. We worked all day and you made us equal with them. We got the better job so that we had a job all day. They didn't get it. Why should you make it like we got the same thing? We have two kids working on Eagle Projects. One of them is the chapel getting renewed out here, and we think the other one's going to be the stairs going from out of the preschool down toward the fellowship hall. And if you've ever stepped on those in the rain, you understand why that's a good project. But you don't want, if you're an Eagle Scout, you don't want somebody to get bumped up to your level, and they're thinking in terms of level, and they're thinking in terms of work rules. The harder you work, the more you get. If you're a soldier and you work harder, then you move from sergeant, staff sergeant, sergeant first class, master sergeant. Who knew there were so many sergeants? First sergeant, sergeant major, command sergeant, lieutenant, and so forth. Work harder, 
you'll be rewarded. Business people understand this, or we used to, when there were things called corporations, that you could actually get a job and you stayed with your whole life, then you could grow up in the ranks of the, of the company. You were a company man. One day you'd get a watch. Work hard and you'll be rewarded. We all understand work rules. But work rules don't always play that way. Work hard and you'll be rewarded really isn't kind of how life works. Actually, look at Jesus. He worked pretty hard. Didn't go that well. Work rules, work hard and you'll be rewarded. So these guys are measuring. They are grading each other based on status. I was hired now, I worked this long, I'm worth this. And so if the first guy's getting paid, if you're getting paid a full daily wage for one hour, then what am I going to get paid? A full daily wage. But that's not fair. Or is it? There's a rule in business, don't manage people, manage agreements. This was the agreement. And that morning, if you would have asked them, what's your goal for today? My goal for today would be to get a daily wage so that I can eat. They accomplished their goal. But they started comparing. And when you start comparing, you can become very unhappy, apparently. But that's what work rules do. The landowner says, look, don't I have the freedom to do with what I want? It's my money. It's not your money. Who are you to say? Why are you upset that I am generous? Now let's think about this. And let's put it into terms that we can understand. And remember, Jesus talks far more about money than he does about sex. This is an economics parable. And if you want to understand how life should be, Think about the attitude. This isn't as much of, it's partly about God. God is the landowner. God is generous. But it's also about who we are to be as a community. Why is this wage important? Why does this matter? Now, you might be thinking, as I did for a while, you'll mess up the economy. When we go to Haiti... I let William pay the, tax, the cab drivers because if I tip them too much, it throws off the whole economy of what a cab driver expects, and then you just don't, you know. So you want to be able to sure you keep the economy. What would happen if you overpaid the first guy? Oh, but people wouldn't come. Yes, they would, because they're hungry the next day. They're there because they need to eat that day. They're not going to wait till the end hoping they would get the pay. They're not going off and playing. This isn't pay, I mean, this isn't work or play. This is work or starve. So which would you rather be? The guy who gets a job in the morning and is guaranteed he's going to get paid or the guy who has to wait around all day hoping with great anxiety that he's going to get paid? The landowner sees a couple of things. This won't mess up the economy. This keeps it well. I grew up as a, as a plant manager of a textile mill son. By the time being the fourth kid, I came along, dad was plant manager, and I learned about the mill neighborhood. And as the neighborhood goes, so goes the mill. As the mill goes, so goes the neighborhood. 
There's a connection. So simple economics here, the reason you pay the guys at the end of the day the daily wage is because if they don't go home and don't eat, then they're not going to be healthy to come back and work the next day. And it's also just what is just. Everybody deserves certain things in life. Now, in America, this is not the entitlement that we keep debating. This is just simple life. You ought to have clean water. You ought to have basic necessities. You ought to have food. The meal bag program is just about rice and beans, and apparently there's a need in our community. And part of the reason we have such need just in this neighborhood is I grew up in a neighborhood like this. The houses looked like this. The difference was there was a textile mill there. You didn't have to have a car or more than one car for a group of families because you could walk to work. These neighbors don't walk to work. And so if you understand how the neighborhood works, then everybody ought to have basic food that they can get to with dignity. He is preserving the dignity of these workers so that they can go home with dignity. It's just simple communal economics, recognizing the needs of your neighbors. And he's put out with these other guys, he says, why are you being so upset that I'm generous, and why would you not want them to go home with food just so that you can feel better about your status? There's something wrong when your status, when rich needs poor, when full needs hungry. And sure, we may give out meals at Thanksgiving, but what about the other days? We were in Haiti, with, and another group got partnered with us, and they were making peanut butter sandwiches, and they were talking about how important it was that they went down to this poor community and gave out peanut butter sandwiches. And my only question was, that's great. What are they going to do tomorrow when you go home? And how much did that peanut butter sandwich cost, given your airfare? I wasn't very popular. If you want to know what the kingdom of God is about, does this what you need to do to get to heaven? No, but if you get the way God is, this is what you need to do just to be a neighbor. This is what you need to do to be in the community. This is what you need to do to keep your sanity. Because why? Because when you get to that place where you're no longer working, you become a used-to-be. Well, I used to be somebody, but now I'm retired. No. Yay. Yay. Really? Is it that good? Well, we'll talk later. It's just what you ought to be as a community. This is Stewardship Sunday. We pick Stewardship Sunday on a day when chances are it's not going to be that many people here. It's a Sunday before Thanksgiving. But we figure if we don't get Thanksgiving and if we don't get what we're doing, then more balloons won't necessarily help. In Haiti, you're a church if you feed people. Daggone, we fed some people. Why, just this week alone. Nate and Logan were making a presentation about a grant for leadership classes. And my boy back there stood up and said, well, actually, for example, just last week we packed this many meals, and today we gave them out, as if they do that every week. Christian Suttle was one of the guys, and I was like... Christian Subtle sees through that, but Christian Subtle is also probably impressed by that, so I thought it probably worked okay. So they got a $10,000 grant for leadership classes, and this is what leadership looks like. 
So while other churches are talking about little things, we saw something big that I was a spectator for, and we just helped a little. But there are a lot of kids that are going to have food going home with them this week just because we partnered up, and our name is not on those bags at all. But it doesn't need to be because we're feeding people rice and beans. And you know that everybody ought to have daily bread. And everybody shouldn't have to pray the Lord's Prayer hoping that God will answer it and they'll have daily bread. And what kind of community are we if our neighbors don't have daily bread? This isn't some great spiritual thing. This is just if you get it or not. And would those guys who started early in the morning always be daily laborers? Yes, because they don't understand the needs of their neighbors. So they don't ever get to manage. They don't ever get to grow. They don't get more responsibility. But what about those who get it? Who understand the human potential? Who understand the needs of the community and can go, wow, we can have a lot of fun and even play off the energy that others can bring to us? And then celebrate. And that's why the kingdom of God is a party. When everybody has something to eat. My friend in Florida has a great mission statement, No Child Hungry. And the band came out with one that I think is pretty cool for March Out Hunger. So if you don't know what you need to do today, work on those things. Because there are people who are spiritually, emotionally, mentally, socially, lonely, and just plain hungry. And if you want to know if you're living in Jesus' way, go feed somebody today. Let us pray. God, we make our charge from you too complicated sometimes. Help us to simply do what we can and to magnify the energy of others around us and to see the potential is really the kingdom of God. And God, I'll tell you, at times there's something that's very frightening, which is when you let us have your dreams, for they are far bigger than our simple imagination. May we know your kingdom through your dreams, your visions, your hope for your children everywhere. And join the party. That's why we've come. That's why we've gathered and that's why we lift our voices, praying as we were taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.